Dan Richo, Satyar Shah in the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Don Taylor going to join us here in a couple of moments. Some big uh, milestones being hit around the league tonight, Sat. Some veterans getting to the 1,000-point mark. Claude Giroux did it first, and then uh, Joe Pavelski just did it mm-hmm. with the uh, Dallas Stars. So shouts to a couple of vets who've been around for a while and uh, still doing well. And also Pavelski going back to the playoffs with the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, let's bring in our next guest. He is a uh, quality veteran addition to the show every Monday. It is... Don Taylor. Donnie, I think the people want to know your take on Bo Horvat. Um, you know, I, I would think differently if he hadn't behaved so well when he was in Vancouver. And he said his emotions got the best of him. I, I'm going to guess that he regretted saying that two seconds after he did inside. He wouldn't, when it was said that, obviously, right away. But, you know, is there something there? I'm not sure. But I think it was one of those things. We've all had them where his emotions get get away from him. I don't remember him doing anything really controversial here. So I'm, I'm going to give him a pass on that one. I know I'm not, I, I might be in the minority there. Um, having said all this, I'm looking forward to his first visit back to Vancouver to see what the reaction is going to be. Well, yeah, and you know what? I love that, right? I love the fact that there is maybe a little bit of animosity brewing here because these things become interesting. But my takeaway from all this, too, to some extent, is how Bo is still hurt by what happened in Vancouver, right? Like, I still think ultimately, you know, for him to bring up Vancouver unprompted and then come back and say, hey, it's not not about the fans, it's not about the city, but leaves out management, leaves out ownership, it's pretty clear that, he still probably feels a sort of way about how things unfolded in Vancouver. Hold on a sec, Sad. I'm writing this down for our show tomorrow. <laughs> Every time I'm on this show, you guys come up with great points that I'm going to steal <laughs> off you. So, no, that's that 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 that's very good, and 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 may, maybe that's there. But it, it, I, this went to that fan level with with with. Uh, which leads to the reaction. What, what the hell did we do? We, we, we supported you the whole, the whole way. I, I think it was emotional. Maybe he was letting too much out. I'm not really sure, but I just didn't see a whole lot bad from him uh, when he was, when he was around. Look, you guys probably get the emails and the text too. Mm-hmm. And this is not so much lately, you know, because there's been some losing in the last week or so. But before that, a lot of people had texted into us, emailed into us. So oh, maybe Bo was the problem here. So, yeah, it's, it, it, maybe that what, what seemed to be kind of a perfect relationship, maybe there's some, some cracks in it that we didn't know about. I, I don't think it's that Bo was the problem as if he was the, the sole problem on the team. That would be harsh, but yeah. I, I think for years he was sort of uh, above criticism almost because there was just so much else to criticize, yeah. and that's fair, but... You know, this team's defensive issues, and you look at Bo, Bo's profile for most of his career, his, his reputation as a defensive player was always seemingly better than what it actually was in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And when, you, when you look at the numbers, you, you're bang on. Um, and, and I think, too, maybe what, you know, the, what he had to say had a lot to do, let's face it, with reality. I mean... He hadn't played a home game at Rogers Arena since 2015, and that you know 
that series didn't go all that well. I know they had the success in the bubble. That was in Edmonton last time I checked. So I think that had a lot to do with uh, with what happened with the Islanders uh, the other night. But he wasn't no, by no means the perfect hockey player. Mm-hmm. He's off to statistically not a great start there. And certainly, I don't know what the score is right now, but last time I checked, it was 3 nothing. Yeah. Tonight's not going uh, all that well either. Well, no, and if they somehow miss the playoffs now, which is which could be a, a reality here for the uh, New York Islanders, because all of a sudden that would allow the Panthers to clinch a playoff spot, you know, just with the virtue of getting another point here uh, after tonight. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have the Chicago Blackhawks and uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets coming up for their final two yeah. games. And again, anything can happen, obviously, but they lose this game. They might miss the playoffs. So I kind of just wonder in general, you know, how this may all unfold for the New York Islanders and how we may look back at this trade in a few years. Yeah. And, and you know, when in a contract kicking in and are they going to look at Bo that? You know the way that I'm not saying Louis Erickson, but you know there there are a lot of deals out there. You know that haven't kicked in yet, and Bo is one of them. And I'm I'm just wondering how the people in New York are going to react if if they don't make the playoffs and if Bo's offensive production. I realize that you know it's different with Barzell not there, and he's got defensive assignments there. Um, But but I just wonder what their reaction will be long term if this lack of success continues, both with Bo personally and i'm talking in terms of goals and assists and and with the team not making the playoffs this year uh you kind of got the feeling he was above that sort of thing and his start was good with with the islanders but statistically it's really tailed off and so that'll be something to to keep an eye on kind of like i was trying to figure out what player i would compare him to but you know the huberto contract with with um with the Flames, that's going to be interesting to see what that re- the reaction to that's going to be. Well, I mean, hey, let's not forget. I mean, when the Canucks made that trade with the New York Islanders for Linden initially, it didn't work out for the Islanders very well. Now, the only thing that they skipped out on was not having him signed to a big contract extension, and they moved Trevor Linden a year later to the uh, Montreal Canadiens. But I kind of just, you know, if we go back to that trade, that trade didn't work out well for the Islanders uh, back in '98 either. No, and, and it worked out really well for the Canucks. <laughs> yeah. And the guy who engineered it was Mike Keenan. I don't, I'm not so sure Mike gets enough credit for that. It was one of the best deals in Canucks history. And, and I think Trevor Linden might, might agree with that. Um, yeah, uh, you know, like, obviously you have to look at things uh, long-term. But that, you know, I just assumed Trevor was going to be there for a while. And he just seemed like a, not only a leader on the ice, but a community leader as well. And off he goes to Montreal, which is, Still, one of the strangest visuals, even stranger than seeing him in a uh, in an Islanders uniform, seeing him in a Montreal uniform to this day. Do you feel differently about the uh, heroic trade now that the Islanders pick is trending to be in the the mid first round? Um, well, I, I I'd feel different if the guy was healthy. Yeah, I mean, it's just that uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I go so far back with this franchise. I just assume something negative is going to happen. That's not right. <laughs> it's not fair and. You know, Jim Rutherford has been on our show and gave me heck about that. But it's I'll feel better once he's healthy. If 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 I'm a Canuck fan, I feel I'll feel better once I know this thing isn't chronic or it's going to be a problem uh, long term. But I, I guess what, what what's happening with the Islanders does does help. 
Now, you know, as, as far, far as uh, the rest of the season goes here for the Vancouver Canucks, I mean, you know, with the way the out-of-town scoreboard is working out, they're, they're going to be in the bottom 11, so they'll have a shot here at Connor Bedard by the end of the season. But the question is, where does that pick kind of fall in? So, I mean... What are you what what are you looking at here? There are three games remaining. Like, are you keeping an eye? What is the number one storyline that you're still keeping tabs on, or is it simply just like the players? We're kind of playing out the string, and not to you know say we're just kind of going through the motions, but you, we don't want to be disingenuous and and talk up certain games and players when you're this late into the season. So so what are you kind of focusing on watching these final three games when pretty much everything's being decided already? Well, Kuzmenko's ice time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe first and foremost, but actually before that, first and foremost for me, they can't sell wins right now. They can't yeah. sell uh, playoff tickets, so you have to sell hope. I, I think Akito Hiroshi's really impressed people, and there- there's some hope there. And he got two shifts in overtime the other night, and talk it talks glowingly about him. And, and certainly Aiden McDonough, Cole McWard as well. What what will they have to offer? Do they provide hope? Do they provide hope for the future? So that's that's that is number one for me. Uh, from from um, uh, not, not I want to say a negative point of view, but certainly a juicy point of view. The Kuzmenko ice time and just just how he reacts to the other night. And remember, that wasn't the first time he was he was benched in, in a game. So that's that's really interesting. He's got thirty eight goals. Will he get forty? And you know, will he still be be getting punished by the coach every once in a while? It's just so Vancouver. It's just so Canuck. It's just it's just so juicy. So obviously watching that, but you know, just just to see how much hope can be provided by the by the people they've signed, and so far so good when it comes to thirty six or Rosie. That uh, that plays into your uh, you know what can go wrong will go wrong <laughs> thought process for the Vancouver. Canucks. I got to get rid of that. Yeah, I, but, I no, that. Donnie, I can see you're just you're already saying, well, this is going to happen to Kuzmenko again next year, and you know the relationship may not be as amicable, but uh, amicable between uh, Kuzmenko and Rick Tockett by this time next year. Yeah, but I I think it's tough love. Well, you know yeah. it's tough love. And, it and, is. And, yeah, and it's not it's not like you know that was a meaningful game for the Canucks the other night. So. It's probably the smart thing to do. It's the time to do it. Um, I, you know, and, and Kuzmenko has come out and said, this was a while ago, though, and it's happened a couple of times since, that oh, no, it's, I, I, I need to learn. I'm, I'm not the perfect hockey player, and I, I need to learn. I tweeted out uh, visuals of his last shift, and, uh, you know, I think one of the – everybody talks about how tough it is to be a, a center in the National Hockey League. They're just in hockey in general, defenseman, goaltender. But one of the toughest jobs, and Dan, Sat, you guys know this, one of the toughest jobs in hockey is to be a winger and, and, and get the puck out successfully with you know one, maybe two people on you. It's tough. And the one thing you have to, you have, to have in that situation is a whole lot of courage. And he kind of spun off checks there when he, when he didn't have to. And I think that, that would drive a guy like Tockett who was a tough, tough NHL forward, it would drive him drive him nuts, and hopefully Kuzmenko will, will rectify that. But that's a really, really tough – I don't know if it's underrated, if you know a lot about hockey, but it's, it's something that doesn't get talked about a whole lot. And he didn't – he just did – he hasn't done it well and certainly didn't do it well that night. So – the the other thing I think uh, we we have to think about when you're you know, you're selling something with this team for the rest of the season, I think it's talk it for me, Donnie. And you know the other night they beat the Calgary Flames in a shootout, and 
Now he's not happy after the game. He's talking about how they were hemmed in for the second and third period and Demmer saved them and all these things. And sure. Boudreaux would say, uh, yeah, you know, goalie helped us tonight, but you know, we were resilient and, and, and we found a way to win the game. Whereas talk, it's like, no, nope, didn't like it. Yeah, we won, but that's th- th- this kind of play isn't going to fly here anymore. And, I know he's kind of saying that now as, as maybe the process is more uh, part of what he's thinking of rather than, you know, we don't have a chance at the playoffs anymore, so what, what does it matter? But I, his thought process on a lot of things seems different to the way coaches of years past would, would look at it. Yeah, um, and I think the majority of the fan base likes it because it's it's not enough to get two points. It, you, you have to... You have to get two points in some, you know, in some sort of convincing fashion. He felt it wasn't all that convincing for a full 60 minutes. And he's calling people out and letting people know, and you know, amongst the fan base that, he, that you know, this wasn't right, that wasn't right. I'm okay with it. I, 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 appreciate, the, uh, I appreciate the honesty. And uh, you know who else appreciates talk like that, you know, is Rutherford and Alvin. And, you know, we all know what happened with Boudreau mm-hmm. and he was not, not like, not quite as honest as, as Tockett. Now, I don't say Bruce is dishonest, but he did a better job of sugarcoating things, I think, yeah. than, than Rick has. And I think they really appreciate that. And I think the fan base is, re- is ready for that. You know, it's, and, and the other thing too is the fan base is also ready, you know, first of all, for improvement from a hockey club, but also talk it and he catches himself all the time keeps talking about the summer you know people are going to be really interested to see what happens in the summer is rick rick talkett really going to be keeping tabs on these guys if it all adds up to improvement this criticism and what he says about the summer and how tough he expects the summer to be for this for this team i think fans will be fine with it yeah, and I think the the biggest thing for me is his willingness and the fact that, you know, he's receptive to all this and he has been getting a lot better. And, you know, overall, though, one of the things about Talkit is his honesty. And he, in that Q&A he had with Ian McIntyre on Sportsnet.ca a few yeah. days ago was also telling and when asked about being a playoff team next season, he didn't sound sure. He, he didn't give us the spiel of, oh, yeah, I totally believe we're going to do this, we're going to do that. He said, you know, I hope so, and we have a lot of good players here, but there's a lot of work we have to do. And, and I think there was a realization here that the type of work that needs to be done with these core players is pretty significant. And even beyond that, they still need to turn over this roster to a significant degree to get the type of roster they need and also the type of mentality that they need to be a winning team. Because it's pretty clear, even for what Tocket has seen, a lot of the guys here have the same issues other coaches have pointed out too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, there's that honesty there that I think everybody... Uh, uh, appreciates. I, I, I think too uh, with him. Uh, I think people. Uh, well, the one real criticism of the hiring was what happened in Tampa Bay and and Arizona, and wasn't exactly like you know they were, they contended at the time. Tampa Bay uh, it wasn't exactly like they contended for the Stanley Cup. But I think everybody can see. I think people can see potential in this team with the court. But I think they see potential in Rick Tockett as well despite, you know, what had happened in, in Arizona and what happened in Tampa Bay. And that's, that's, that's pretty encouraging, I think, I think for a, a, a lot of people. Don Taylor, our guest here on, uh, on Canucks Central. It's, um, 
You know, one of the things about the way this season has gone and, and where we are, it's like, oh, Quinn Hughes is breaking another record and Pedersen is, is reaching 100 points. And, and that's kind of one of the things you're also looking forward to at the end of this season. But it still remains, you know, Pedersen and, and the season he's had, even when he's not playing as strong as he was earlier, you know, like th- this is the guy that's bringing hope for this franchise. And now this is going to be the biggest story of the summer, whether we like it or not, but what Pedersen's contract is going to look like oh. and whether or not they get it done this summer is the biggest story of the off season. Oh, I, I, absolutely. Um, you know, talk about, you know, people in the organization that I've worked to do in the summer. It's not just the players, it's Alvine and Rutherford and Caston Gay and Cammy and, and everybody uh, get, getting that guy nailed down. He really is special. I was, you know, I was like a lot of people down on him uh, from at the start of last year. He's not the same guy and all of that. Probably, you know, at that stage of his career, maybe the best thing that could have happened to him. I, I, and he's talked about it, how it kind of not necessarily woke him up, but he realized he can't take anything for granted. And uh, just the way he's come back from that and that, that adversity just seems to be his shot seems better. His vision, if it's possible, it was always great, seems better. Just the the creativity, that little goal where he tucked the puck in, uh, you know, the other night against Cowton, just things you don't usually see. It's just all so good, and it all equals a very big contract uh, that's going to have to be handed to him uh, by the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, that's going to be a giant focal point in in the summer, especially you know, I mean, does he does he really have to crack 100 points at this point? But he's probably going to do that, and that's just going to add to the conversation and add to his value. And man, he is he, he's just something else, and killing penalties as well. This might sound rude, and I don't want to want it to come off rude, but it is going to come off rude. <laughs> Who do you hope to not see again in a Canucks jersey after this week? Sorry, sat a lot there for a second. Uh, who do you hope not to see in a Canucks jersey again after this week? Oh man, if you put me on the spot there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, there was a guy in the front row. Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, <clears throat> um, that's that, that, that's a good. One. I mean, I I, I want to be on. Here, here's here's what I who I would like to not see, and I'm going to sugarcoat this. But okay. Brock Besser, mm-hmm. I think he needs a change. Yeah, I think yeah. I think he'll look better in another another uniform. I think his situation will be better. Uh, getting away from Vancouver where everything just looks like so, so promising for him. And look, he still might set a career high in points this year, but I think given everything that's happened to him personally and the way the team is shaped, I just think him getting, maybe getting, going to Minnesota, going to Boston, well, who would want to go there? Well, you know, you know, all the teams that have been rumored, but I just think a change would do him a whole lot of good. So when I say that, I say it, Somewhat from a team point of view, but also from a personal point. I've, I've had a, I have a soft spot for the guy, but I think I think him moving on would be the best for him. So that would be my choice. Donnie, we uh, appreciate your time every week, and I'll tell you that for free. All right. <laughs> okay. That's going to last forever. Poor yeah. Bo. All right. Thanks, guys. Always fun. Yeah. See you, Donnie. Is it ever going to get old? I, I feel like it won't. I'll tell you that for free. It's not gonna. That's gonna. It's not going anywhere. It's gonna be on T-shirts. I'll tell you that for free. I don't like. It won't be this bad. But Bo Horvat is now to Vancouver. What John Tavares is to the New York Islanders. 
Ooh. No, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Is that cl- it's close? I think it's worse. What like much worse? <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, Tavares is much yeah. worse. Yeah, Tavares, like, Tavares. They wanted it's to hard keep to him. get about as bad as Tavares because like, he just left and they got nothing back. Well, and the, the it, whole PJ's picture really ticked they, people off. And they offered Tavares more, more money, money, more money, right? I mean, they said whatever you want, please yes. come back. Canucks never extended that courtesy to yeah. Bo. Bo brought this on himself to a certain extent. <laughs> it was the heat of the moment. The heat of the moment. In the heat of the moment. In the heat of the moment. He never did wear his uh, Detroit Red Wings PJs to, to Vancouver, though. That's uh, that's something we do know. Uh, all right. Dan Riccio and Satyar Shaw. <laughs> this text from Jeffro. I'll be looking forward to the Canuck Central Emergency Podcast when the PD, si- PD signing goes down. You guys will have your phones on, correct? We're going to be calling Sat for like three hours. Yeah. Please pick up the phone. Not going to do it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not going to do it. <laughs> not going to do it. <laughs> I mean, please. Kind of have to. He'll sign uh, July 1st. We, 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 were, we were around for uh, when JT Miller signed. It was just like. Yeah. It's like, oh. It's like, we were supposed to start the show like next week. Next week. Can we do it now? <laughs> like, fine, fine. Fine. I remember that. I was, uh, yeah, I was having lunch with mm-hmm. my parents. And I, I had a busy summer. I hadn't seen them. For, for a couple of weeks and finally, like, hey, let's get together this day. Let's go for yeah. lunch. And literally 15 <laughs> minutes in, I'm like, I got to go. Reach, weren't you still? You were still jet lagged, right? Yes. I was uh, freshly back from Budapest when uh, JT Miller signed his new contract. So I thank him for at least waiting until I got back because that would have been difficult. I was just about to go home for the day. So I was a little upset. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't, I remember I didn't bring enough food that day. Oh, it was Josh a tough was break. Josh was tired. I was angry. Uh, it's never a good state to be in, as we know. Hangry? Yep. No, hangry is not good. Hangry is you don't a want very to see bad state of in that state. No. I've don't. never seen sad in that state because he's always eating something. Yeah, I, I never get <laughs> let myself get hangry. Sad. Make sure to have enough snacks on hand. I always he eat. doesn't get. He hungry. plans. I, I respect always, it. I was always ready. I, I never go somewhere not knowing where, where my next meal, where my next meal is coming from, Love or that. how it's what's happening. <laughs> like snack or meal, I'm prepared. Yes. And if I'm not, I'm stressed. Yes. No, you you think I'm in a desert or something? Like if I don't have my next meal, planned, Uber eats immediately. It's like I'm stressed out. <laughs> like what am I doing for food? <laughs> I need sustenance. Yeah, uh, it is the biggest story of the off season. Whenever it goes down, if Pedersen doesn't sign, it becomes an even bigger story throughout the course of the summer. Um, and you can start to I don't, I wouldn't say you can start to worry by July second, but you might have a few wonders as to why Patterson hasn't signed a new contract if it doesn't get announced by July 2nd or as soon as it's possible to announce it on July 1. It's Dan Richo and Satyar Shah coming up. Final segment of Canuck Central as we'll lead you into a pregame show for the LA Kings as puck drop at 7.30 tonight in Hollywood. So we'll have a late start to the pregame show. Also join up with Sportsnet Pacific at 7 o'clock for the pregame. It's Dan Richo, Satyar Shah. You are listening to Canuck Central.